We are here at the University of Vermont Horticultural Farm and you are swarmed by black flies. I have a lot of black flies around me. It is the season for sure, but that means it's also warm enough for wild bees. It's what we're here to talk about today. Pollinators, native bees. But there's a lot more than just a few species like honeybees and bumblebees. There's actually probably something like 300 species of wild bees in Vermont, which blows my mind. And we're not even really going to spend much time talking about honeybees because they're not native, but we're joined by an expert on wild bees. His name is Leif Richardson, who is a consultant for Stone Environmental and a researcher at the University of Vermont. Thank you so much for being here. Leif. I'm glad to be here. We're standing here next to a beautiful blooming azalea bush. Tell me the first thing we're looking for. We are looking at a variety of bees that come out in spring. And at this azalea, we're in particular looking at bumblebee queens. This is the most important part of their whole life cycle. They've spent the whole winter hibernating. True hibernation, just like bears. They are ready to find a place to live and found a, a colony, um, raise a family. So they're out foraging for nectar and pollen. They're also searching for places to start their nest and a great place to look at them is on azaleas like this one. We're in an area that's an urban setting. We're in South Burlington. So would you be able to find a lot of these bees in your backyard? We could probably find half of the species of bees that occur in Vermont right here in the middle of a suburban and urban area. So right under our noses are all these pollinators are buzzing around. Yes, you will be surprised at how many different types of bees occur in your garden, in your lawn, in the ground. Sometimes it's hard to even figure out what is a bee and what isn't a bee. There's flies that look like bees sometimes, there's... Wasps. I mean, how do you know when you're looking at a bee? Almost everyone knows what a honeybee looks like, and almost everyone knows what a bumblebee looks like. You might be surprised to learn that most of the types of bees that you're going to see in Vermont are, are very different from those two things. They're smaller often less hairy. Sometimes they appear to be a wasp. They just are shiny and black and white striped. A number of them look a little like a fly. Some of them look just like an ant but with wings. The thing that makes bees special and distinct from other animals they're related to, like wasps, is that almost all of them feed pollen to their offspring as the protein source as opposed to animal protein. So virtually every wasp you've ever been stung by or you've seen is a meat eater and Ooh. bees are vegetarians. So that's, that's the principal distinction. And so bees have all these adaptations for harvesting pollen from flowers, carrying pollen, wetting pollen so it doesn't dust off their bodies. And so when you see an insect at a flower collecting pollen, it's almost always going to be a female bee who is collecting resources to feed her offspring. And that's why bees are such important pollinators, because that's their main job. It's, that's right. They have to have flowers. They cannot reproduce without flowers. And, uh, and so the plants depend on bees to passively transfer pollen between flowers. It is surprising how dependent our agricultural system is on bees, and not only bees, but wild bees that we don't manage, we don't count, we don't take care of. Well, that's crazy, because anytime I, I hear people talk about bees, or anytime I think we think about bees, it's always the honeybees that are getting the credit. And it's yeah. when, when people say save the bees, it's oftentimes they mean the honeybees when really a lot of the credit should be going to the wild bees and a lot of our help needs to be going to the wild bees as well because there are several species that are declining, correct? It's true. So honeybees, again, are, are really important to agriculture and they're very fascinating insects. Um, that said, it's these wild bees that are relatively more important to production of our food and we do know that some of them are in trouble. 
All right, I'm not talking to you guys. Let's go catch yeah, some Yeah, there's bees. some bumblebees. I can hear them buzzing over there in right. this azalea. All right, I want to see which them. one of you is actually able to catch a queen bee. Go All right, it. we're going to catch one so we can look at it close. Don't try with your hands. Remember, use the net. Oh, it's Bombus ternarius. And this is a beautiful one, too. She looks like brand new. So, Leaf, you caught it in the net. I caught it in the net. I'm now transferring this bee to a, a little vial so we can look at her, and then we'll release her again. Um, you might be able to hear some buzzing. Whoa, man, I love that orange. Yeah, she look at that. Holy cow. Beautiful condition. She's pretty big. That's a big bee. This is a queen. The amazing thing is that new queens, sometimes called gines, are produced in summer. They go out, they find a mate, they mate, they eat a lot, and then when it gets, starts to get cold in the, in the fall, they go to hibernation, and they spend the entire winter underground in a shallow hole that they've dug, subsisting on stored fat and other resources. Then they emerge six months later, and this bee just looks like she's in mint condition. She's, she's bright orange and yellow. And uh, now comes the most important part. She's got to find food. She's got to find a hole in the ground that she can't dig herself. So something like a rodent burrow. Sometimes they'll nest in a bird nest or something above ground. But she's got to compete with other bees for those holes. And then she's got to lay a lot of eggs and then sit on them. She actually incubates just like a bird. These are warm-blooded insects. They will shunt heat to the part of the body that's contacting the eggs. They actually incubate their offspring just like birds do. I'm going to let her go. So this one here is called Bombus perplexus. She's drinking nectar from these flowers. She's probably also collecting pollen off of the anthers as she does so. She's going to feed herself by eating the nectar, and maybe some of the pollen, bring it back to her nest, and she's going to feed her offspring. So these are the big, social, beautiful ones. Yeah, let's go find some of the others that are not actually social. Most of our bees are solitary, and that means that after males and females mate, the females go and provision a nest with pollen and nectar, lay eggs on it, close it up, and that's it. And the females never meet their offspring. That said, many of these bees that are not social will aggregate their nesting in one place. And maybe it's like birds flocking. We don't really know why they do it, but one thing that they probably get out of it is escape from predators and parasites. This is so cool because we're just walking down a, a really sandy path, and there are all these little holes in the ground, and some of them are where bees nest, right? A lot of these are ground-nesting species. So when we think about bees, we think of bees in hives. Most are ground nesters, and until you start paying attention to them, you would just mistake their nest entrance for, for an anthill. These nests here, almost pencil diameter, and this bee is called the cellophane bee. They live in the ground where it can be quite wet, and the females produce cellophane, the same compound, same molecule that we use to pack CDs what? in or whatever whatever really? we do with cellophane. And they make this bag that is waterproof, and so the offspring live in this waterproof membrane underground. So yeah. Leif, I was asking you about things that people can do in their own homes or yards that will help bee populations, and I'm holding a bee box. What is a bee box and where can people get them? So what we're looking at is a little thing that looks like a birdhouse, and inside is a block of wood, and it has lots of holes, and the holes are filled with paper straws. The bees will nest in these paper straws. You can then move them around, so you can move them from one side of the farm to the other. They're really useful bees for pollinating crops, and this is a simple thing people can do in their own backyards to encourage bees. So these things are available in lots of places, or you can make your own. I mean, you can find instructions for this online. Leaf, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. I learned a ton about bees, and I had a great time watching you two try and catch them, and only half the time succeed. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm Kent McFarlane. And I'm Sarah Zahendra.
Thanks for listening to Outdoor Radio.